Welcome back to Archetype Aperture, currently still Archetype Aperture. I know I said I would do less of these in my car podcasts, but I figured why not? I had some things on my mind and I said, why not? Anyways, it's my podcast and I'll do what I want. (laughs) I, sorry, my chair squeaks a little bit. I apologize. And I don't, and I I got called out on that when I say things that were noises that are made, air conditioner turning on and I have to address it. And I apologize if that's annoying to people. I will do my best to not do that anymore. (laughs) It's just force of habit. I feel like if people hear it, they're going to say, hmm, I heard something. What was that? You know, and and I pride myself on having very good audio. So the fact that anything pops up where it might hinder the audio a little bit or an artifact in the audio. I, I, I feel like if I say something about it, acknowledge it, it's easier to dismiss, I guess, or that you forgive me as the listener, you forgive me for that happening. Anywho. So I was thinking today about new photographers, people that are wanting to get into photography, but don't know exactly how to do that and how, what, what cameras to choose. There's so many cameras out there. There's my God, Panasonic. Of course I had to say that one first. It's not a very popular brand, um, but it is a brand and it is out there. You have Lumix, you've got Fuji, you've got Canon, you've got Sony and you've got Nikon. There's a, there's just a ton and some of these cameras can cost you an arm and a leg, <laughs> for lack of a better term. They, so, some of these, there's cameras out there that cost like $20,000, certain Leicas. And, and what's crazy to me is that they only shoot black and white. But, you know, if you want to spend $20,000 on a camera that is limited to only shooting black and white, it seems like there's got to be a better way. Uh, I can shoot anything on any camera and turn it black and white. It's as simple as turning the saturation down. And uh, not to say that I'm sure the the Leicas and uh, Hasselblads and all those cameras that cost just they're basically cameras that millionaires have as a status symbol. And I mean, in my opinion, that's just my opinion. You know, I'm not and I will never, ever bag on anybody for their choices on camera. I will say that. It's not necessary. It's something that is, it can be avoided. And my goal is to help new photographers in their journey into this field. In my opinion, anything that takes a photo is a great beginner, a great beginner camera, a cell phone. I mean, as much as photographers, especially professional photographers get kind of, get a little iffy about the the cell phone photographers. And and that's not to say it's not that we're worried that it's going to take over and 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 
we're going to lose business or what have you. And in some cases that may be true, but I don't believe that that's the extent of it. I believe that it's because these people spent years of their life learning the system that they're currently shooting on and how to take good photos. And it seems like cell phones kind of circumvent that a lot of that to a point. And as we've talked, or we, as I've talked about before with you, is that cell phone cameras can be great, but they are limited. There are things that they can't do that a, a mirrorless camera or a, even a DSLR camera can do. Now, and that's not to say that the the sensors are and everything they're not coming up. Of course, they are. I think iPhone uses like a glass now in their camera lenses, which is awesome because in my opinion, the better the glass, the better image you're going to get. And I I've tested that theory. I have, I still have kit lenses that I've started out with and I I've used them in the same scenario when I would use that. And then I would use a, a, a almost $3,000 lens which I'm talking about using a $300 lens compared to a $3,000 lens. And it's subtle, but it is a, it is different. And there is a difference. I mean, and I guess I can't say subtle because I don't believe it's that subtle. I believe it's to, to the untrained eye. It could be subtle, but to someone, and, and it may, honestly, it could be a look that you're going for. You may want that look and again, use the tools in your toolbox that get you the desired look that you want to get the one that you're going after. But in the beginning, you don't know what that look is. You don't know what that style is. You don't know how to, you might have a style that you lean towards or that you like, but you might not know how to get it, but that's where Exposure triangle, learning things like composition and knowing how all of the thing, all of those things work in concert with one another to get the look that you want. And of course, there is always post a lot, a lot of things can be done in post. You can change a, a super sharp, brilliant, bright, colorful image into a black and white dull photo that make you make it look like it's from when cameras first came out, <laughs> you know, and uh, a daguerreotype, you can make it look like that as long as you know how to edit. So there's a lot of elements that go into it. If I were to sit here and tell you which camera and camera system is the best to go with, mm, I feel like that would make me a little bit... <sighs> I just don't feel like it would be genuine because obviously I've been shooting Canon for a long time. It's I've not always shot Canon, but I've been shooting Canon for a long time. And that is my choice as far as cameras go. Now, one thing I will tell you is that cameras today are, they're getting, they're costing more and more and you can get some, Great cameras uh, between five and six, seven hundred dollars, but you're probably not going to find anything under that that's worth a damn. 
Now, even if you go on eBay and buy secondhand or you go to a secondhand store, you're still going to be finding that it's going to cost you between five and six, seven hundred dollars, roughly in that range for a and you're going to get a camera that's probably a few years older. Maybe it's an APS-C uh, crop sensor. Is uh, If you don't know what APS-C means, is crop sensor. Um, it could be something that's a little bit more outdated. Now, that's not to say that you won't get a good photo with that. It could be something great for you to start with. I know when I started back in the digital world, I, I went and I bought a Nikon Coolpix. It's literally just a digital camera. It's not, I mean, I suppose it's mirrorless. It's a digital camera. It's, it was no different than what a cell phone can do right now. And I don't recommend that, but I got good images. They were, the autofocus was good. Uh, they took nice, crisp, sharp photos. And I mean, I'm sure if I went back now to the, the photos that I took, I could probably edit them to make them look a little bit better, but I, I, I just, all I was doing back then when I started getting into digital was literally when I edited, it was, it was making sure that my exposure was right and, um, and that, and, or black and white, I would either do, I sometimes both, but it was either whatever color came out of the camera or I would go black and white by pulling out the saturation or like I said, and, or utilizing the exposure, uh, slider on my editing program, whichever editing program you decide to go with. I use Adobe Lightroom and sometimes I'll use Lightroom classic because there are a few more brushes and brush tools and things of that nature in Lightroom classic that you can use. Um, at any rate, what I was saying was I feel like I wouldn't – that it's not a good thing for me because I am a little bit biased. So I wouldn't be wanting to tell you exactly which cameras to, to find. But I will tell you if I were looking for a new system and I was a new photographer and I did not have a, a huge budget, I, that would be first thing that I put in. I would definitely check – put into the search engine mirrorless – I would put into the search engine full frame. But you know what? Let's break that down for a second. You know, how much are you really losing between a full frame and a crop sensor camera? You know, you're not really losing a whole lot. In my opinion, you're not losing a lot. And can you still get a good photo with a crop sensor camera? Sure. You can. Of course you can. There's, there's times I've taken full frame photos and meant for it to be utilize the entire full frame, but I still, I crop my photos for Instagram and I, sometimes I, sometimes you just crop photos. So in that regard, it's, it's really, as long as you're getting the, the right resolution, the, the best resolution out of a photo, I don't think it matters. Uh, some people just prefer the, the, uh, the, the, the full frame because it gives them more space to more space and it gives their, it opens up their parameters of which they work in. And it does allow for a little bit more elbow room in that, in that regard. So, like I said, check Nikon, check Sony, check Canon, 
check all of them. Pentax, check Panasonic, check, uh, oh, I guess Panasonic and Lumix are the same. Uh, but yeah, check them all. Fuji, check them all. Um, I could tell you that for the most part, uh, the Lumix cameras, I think they have a full frame, but they take really good photos. And, but they are, most of them, I think they're, 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 and I don't want to speak out of turn. I don't have any, anything in front of me right now. I can't look anything up currently, but I want to say, I mean, I have two G7s and they're like probably lowest, the lowest of the low. They're the, as far as mirrorless cameras go, they are crop sensor cameras. They are mirrorless. They do shoot 4k video, which is awesome. And if you get a good piece of glass on there, it'll take a really good photo. They're lightweight. I want to, I don't know exact weight, but I mean, without the lens, it's, it's almost less than a pound. I mean, it feels very light. They're a little plasticky. But I've taken some photos with them and they came out just fine. Um, I use them currently. I use them for live streaming and that and things of that nature. I don't really use them for photos, but I do use them for live streaming and they do they do work fairly well. The way my setup works, it's only going to give me 1080p. It's not going to give me that 4K resolution because of the a Tim many that I run things through. It does not, the highest resolution that it at the output is 1080p, but you know what? That's perfect for all intents and purposes. I don't need any more than that. So longer the short search, do your homework. Don't just go by the very first person that you follow on YouTube and they, Oh, well they shoot Sony and I love them. So I'm going to go Sony because honestly, once you get into a system, if you decide to change and what I mean by system is you, you bought a camera and now you've purchased lenses that go with that camera, the, the, the SD cards, the batteries, the battery grips, all of these things you've bought, and now you want to switch to Canon from Sony. So now you've got to try and sell off the, that, that camera. And if you already bought secondhand, you're probably not going to get much. Now you will get a lot more for the lenses than you will the body because lenses for some reason or other hold their value. Now, um, which does also make it more difficult to purchase good lenses because it more costly, I guess even if you're buying secondhand. But like I said, it's important to really research. And it's hard because you can only try a camera if you have a camera store in your area where you can actually go and put hands on a camera. We have Best Buy here in Jacksonville, and that's pretty much it. We've got one Best Buy with a camera super center, and it's in Southside, off of Southside Boulevard. That's the only one in, in that Southside Town Center. Uh, my alarm keeps going off. Uh, that's the only one that, you, that has a camera super center with a with like real pros. They're they're actual photographers that work in that in that area. They're not just employees that read specs off of a little cue card. They know these things. They know about the cameras. They know, and they've used them and they've tested them. And I, I've met a few of the guys and they're really, really good. They're, so, there's some videographers that are just smash up, man. They're just 
awesome. There's some great photographers that I've met there at that location, but that's a place where they have more cameras than the the rest of the Best Buy, the regular, you know, you can't go into a Walmart or a Target and 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 see this many this vast selection of cameras. So they have a lot more cameras to test out and play with. Of course, they're attached to a little string that's attached to the countertop. So you can't really walk around with them. Most of them don't have an SD card in them, uh, which doesn't really matter because you can shoot to the internal memory in most of these cameras. But at least you'll have an idea for how the camera works, the functionality, uh, the button layout, all of these things, which coincidentally with most new cameras any brand you buy, you can reconfigure the button layout (laughs) any way you want. My camera has, I think I can set it like it's either three or four different settings that I can set. And if I just hit a button, it'll switch it to that specific setting. So if I'm shooting video and I want to shoot slow-mo, I can hit this button and it'll go directly to that. If I want to shoot 4k video, Boom, I hit a button, it goes directly to that. If I want to shoot, you get the idea. I mean, um, if I want to shoot RAW or JPEG or both, I can set that as well. And, and all it takes is a click of a you know button. If I want to move my ISO from this button to this button, there's it's so much, it's so very much customizable. I can't speak. But they're very customizable, and so that's kind of like a moot point, I guess, to say that as far as the button layout. But I'm I'm like a kind of kind of a traditionalist in the way that when I buy a camera, the way it's set up is the way that the company intended it to be, I believe. So I utilize that that way. I mean, and I honestly will learn that camera system in that way, and I won't change the camera system now if. If there is something that seems like it might work a little bit better, if it's over here or this button, I might, I might change it. But to this, to this day, I have not changed anything on any of my cameras that I've ever had, but I've rambled on now and I've not really given you a lot of information, but Google is your friend. Buy things. Don't be afraid to buy things secondhand. Now, the only problem with the secondhand purchase is it's not going to come with a warranty. Most cameras have like a maybe a a, a year warranty. Some of them are ninety days, uh, you know. But I I like with my Canon cameras, I go on and I pay for the Canon Care, and I I register my cameras and my lenses and anything that I utilize with that camera that I buy that's Canon brand, I will register it on their website and purchase the Canon care for that item. And that covers up to so much, you know, as far as like they, they do like maintenance, cleaning, uh, you know, and some repairs it covers. Now there are some repairs that it won't cover, but and I'm fairly certain that all the camera brands have something similar to Canon Care. <clears throat> I can't be certain. I don't. I don't want to speak out of turn. But that is one drawback of buying things secondhand. But the one drawback of buying things brand new is you're going to spend quite a bit more. I don't see any problem, and I would never begrudge someone that's working on a budget that just wants to get into the the realm of photography and to really start learning this new craft. I think it's admirable. I think it's great. I I encourage it. And I say, do it 
bite the bullet, just do it and get out there and start shooting. And if you have any questions or comments, please don't forget, you can email me at jwmphoto1 at gmail.com. And you can also leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. You can leave a rating on Spotify. And I believe that those are the only two podcast platforms that you can do a rating or a review or both. But outside of that, I would be happy to sit down and have a conversation with you via email or, you know, and, and not only that, but I would love to, to hear your thoughts and opinions about this podcast and about the things that I talk about. And if there's anything that you'd like me to discuss in the future, I mean, I might already have it on a, on a, on a list somewhere, but I would be more than happy to do that and help you out. All right, guys, that is my time for the day. And I really appreciate all of you guys coming back and listening to the podcast. Uh, Click share, subscribe, do all the things, and I will see you in the next one. See you.